What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray again. Father, help. Help now for us to see that the light of the world is Jesus in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So now, today's a special day. Today's a special day because it's both the last day of Hanukkah and it's the first day of the new year. It's a great day to see something new about Hanukkah. I mean, what is Hanukkah? Okay, Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a remembrance celebration of a very important event that happened in the history of the Jewish people in Israel's history. It goes back to a time when the Greeks ruled the Jewish people and Alexander the Great, who was kind to the Jewish people, but he died, and a Syrian named Antiochus IV, he tried to exterminate the Jews. So what else is new? (laughs) And he defiled the temple. He defiled the temple by offering pigs on the altar. And so Judas Maccabees, a man named Judas Maccabees, revolted, led a revolt, and they drove out the Greeks, and they went to cleanse and rededicate the temple. But there is a very important part of the temple called the eternal light, and there was only enough oil for the light to burn for one day. And it took eight days to make more oil. It took eight days to make the oil the dedication of dedicated oil, enough to keep the light burning. So they were seven days short. And so what happened is that they used the one day's oil and then a great miracle happened there. That when the one day's oil was all run out, that it lasted, it didn't run out, and it lasted for eight days. A great miracle, a miracle that has been celebrated in the festival of Hanukkah, where it's celebrated every year as a festival of light. For eight days, there is the lighting of a new candle on each of the candelabras. So the first day, the first candle is lit. The second day started night. The second night, the first two, the third, and the fourth, and so forth. And every Jewish family lit the eight Hanukkah candles 
for eight days, one for each day on the candelabra called the menorah. And they play a, a game with the dreidels, and the dreidels here, which you're all going to be able to do. Anyway, <laughs> and it has four sides, and the first letter is there on each of the sides. A miracle great happened there, or if you're in Jerusalem, a miracle great happened here. And what's also interesting, is, which you're going to get into, is the history of this menorah. But clearly, the two most important symbols of Hanukkah are the menorah and the dreidel. And today, we're going to see something new about the menorah and the dreidel and how they're related to each other from a biblical perspective. I mean, I was raised in a Jewish home. Every year, we kept the traditions of the Hanukkah. So I personally understand what the associations or the traditions of Hanukkah are. And if all I do tonight is teach you the Jewish traditions of Hanukkah, or how Hanukkah is celebrated by teaching you the traditional Hanukkah songs and the traditions of how to light the candles and how to recite the traditional prayers when lighting the candles and what the traditional foods are, some of which you've had, the potato latkes, sufganyot, jelly donuts, how they're eaten, and the traditional games of dredos. If all I do that, if that's all I do tonight, I will have terribly failed you because the value in Hanukkah is not in these traditions. Hanukkah has a great value in its symbolism. In its symbolism. It's a festival of lights. It's a celebration of light. It's all about light. It's what we've been singing about tonight. Hanukkah points to the remedy of the greatest problem in man. The greatest problem in man is darkness. It's darkness darkness of the soul. We were born in darkness, and our sinful nature loves darkness. As the Bible says in John 3.19, John 3.19, this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. The problem is with man is he's not just in darkness, he loves darkness. Man is like the earth when it was created. When the earth was first created in Genesis 1, in Genesis 1, when it said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We were not just in darkness, we were darkness itself. It says in Ephesians 5.8, you were sometimes darkness. Not you were sometimes in darkness. You were sometimes darkness. That means that we were not just in darkness. We emanated darkness. We spread darkness with our dark thoughts, with our dark words, with our dark acts, with our dark future. We were just like it says in Isaiah 9.2, Isaiah 9.2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. We were like the earth when it was covered with darkness in Genesis 1-2. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And at that point, the earth was doomed to a future in utter darkness until God stepped in. And he stepped in with the solution for the darkness. And the solution of the darkness was Genesis 1-3. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. God dispelled the darkness with light, 
And then God saw the light, and God celebrated light. God celebrated light. That was the first celebration of light. That was at Hanukkah, just another celebration of light. And so I want to give you tonight some new associations of Hanukkah as a celebration of light. And I'm going to do this with the menorah. The menorah, or sometimes called the Hanukkah, but I never you called it a Hanukkah. I don't know why they call it a Hanukkah, but anyway, it doesn't matter. They didn't ask me, so it's, that's how it is. But the menorah, so I'm not going to call it the Hanukkah. It's always been the menorah. I don't understand it. But anyway, the menorah has eight candles on it, as you said, which are for the eight days that the oil greatly Miracle, great miracle, miraculously lasted until the oil could be made and sanctified. Now, I want to explain something here about, about the menorah. The menorah, original menorahs from way back in time had eight candles, not nine. And if you go to the Smithsonian Institute today, you will see a, one of the very rare menorahs which has been found, a Hanukkah menorah, with eight candles, not nine. And the reason is, is because the eternal light was not only in the temple, but it was also traditionally kept in the Jewish homes. Jewish homes had an eternal light, an eternal flame that was burning all the time. And that flame was traditionally very close to heaven, as heaven as far as they could. It was very high, very, very high. And it was burning, and it was burning, and it was burning, and they kept it burning. And the idea was that light comes from God. Therefore, the eternal light that was in the homes, in the Jewish homes, was as high as could be to symbolize and always kept burning that if we want understanding and we want light, it comes from God. So they kept that in their homes. And then what happened is that during the Hanukkah celebration is that they used the light, the eternal light that was in the homes, and they would get that fire and then carry it over, that fire that came from there, to light each one of the candles. That's what the housewives did. Well, like I said, it was very tall, so it was actually very dangerous. And so housewives were getting burned, and it was a danger of fire. And I don't know if they had fire extinguishers right there, but anyways, it was a problem. And so they then came up with the solution, which would be that instead of having to get the light from the eternal flame there in the house, that they then began to create menorahs with a ninth candle. And as you can see, the one in the front here is the ninth. But most menorahs have the ninth candle higher than the others. This particular one doesn't, but you know, there are many variations in Jewish traditions, so you know, it's not always the same. But nevertheless, most of them do, but okay, it doesn't matter. This one's out in front, so we can call that the prominent candle because of its prominence and being in front. But again, the idea, point to understand, is that this candle here was a substitute for the eternal light that was very high in the home. And the idea is the same. The idea is the same. The most important candle in the menorah is this ninth candle called the shamash. Shamash, okay? And the shamash is always, except for this one, but anyways, it's always elevated above all the other candles, you know. So with this menorah, I would say, why is this menorah different from all other menorahs? I don't know. Anyway, so the candelabra of the menorah, it's the focus of Hanukkah. It's the focus of Hanukkah. You know, I don't have a Jewish name. Thomas and my father would, would always say, you do have a Jewish name. Your name is Thomas the Shamash. Okay. So, but it is the most important candle. The Shamash is the most important candle. It is the servant candle. It is seen and understood and known as the servant candle because it lights the other candles. But the servant candle does not mean that the shamash is less important. To the contrary, 
than the other candles. The contrary, the shamash is elevated above all the other candles, or it's in front, it's the most prominent, because it's the most important of all the other candles. The shamash servant candle is lit first, and then it lights the other. As he lights this, I want you to think, as we're looking now at the shamash candle and it's lit, I want you to think, these candles have no light right now. Just this candle has light. And just that candle has light. So, and the other candles are not lit directly. They're not lit directly. Brent will not come up here and strike a match and light each one of the candles. The other candles must be lit by that shamish candle. They must be. And if the shamish candle does not light the other candles, then the other candles have no light. They have no light in themselves. The shamish is the only way for the other candles to receive light. And the other candles receive their light from the shamash. And the word shamash is very important because the word shamash comes from a very important Hebrew word meaning sh- which is shamar. Shamar. Shamar means to guard. It means to preserve. The shamash is also the usher in the synagogue, or the bouncer for that matter. And, you know, he, he guards the synagogue. The, this is the word that's used for those who were standing on the watchtowers, on the hills, on the walls around the city. They guarded the city. This is the shamar. This is the meaning behind it. They preserved. The shamish guards. The shamish preserves. The shamish is like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the association, to see the shamish as the Lord Jesus Christ. In essence, the Lord Jesus Christ is the great shamish. He's the great shamish. Just as the shamish is the servant to all the other candles. So the Lord Jesus Christ said about himself in Luke 22, 27, Luke 22, 27, I am among you, I am among you as one that serveth. I am as one that serveth, just like the shamash did. And in Matthew 20, 28, in Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The Son of Man did not come to be lit by or ministered to by these other candles. By the way, I want you to appreciate as I'm going through this, I should have mentioned this. This is a very special menorah. This menorah is 175 years old. It was recovered from Eastern Europe during a time of great persecution of the Jews. When was there not a time of great persecution of the Jews? But during a time of great persecution of the Jews in Eastern Europe, And this was preserved and kept by the family as something very precious, something very special, something that preserved their identity as Jewish people. We are looking at a piece of history here as we look at this menorah. But anyway, the point I want to bring out here is that these candles did not minister to this candle. This candle ministers to these candles like the Lord Jesus Christ who said, I came to give my life a ransom for many. He came to give his life a ransom for many. He came to give his light, light for others. I am the light of the world. Ye are the light of the world because of him. Now, then the Lord Jesus Christ is described in Isaiah 53, the great chapter on him and on his great giving of himself in Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, verse 11, Isaiah 53, 11, it says, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. By his knowledge shall my righteous shamash, my righteous servant, justify many, 
for he shall bear their iniquities. The Lord Jesus Christ is the ultimate shamash. He's the ultimate shamash servant because he served us by paying for our sins, paying for all of our sins, by dying for our sins so we could be forgiven. This concept of the Lord Jesus Christ as the great shamash, it's what's described in Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. He took upon him the form of a shamash and was made unto likeness of men. And being found as fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is a description of the humiliation and the exaltation of the Lord in his servant role when he became the great Shamash. But just because the Lord Jesus Christ is a servant doesn't mean that he's lower than those he serves. As the last part of that passage I just read describes, he is highly exalted. And just because the shamash serves the other candles here, it doesn't mean that the shamash is lower. It's supposed to be higher, but never mind. But anyway, it's supposed to be higher. Okay, but he's in front. He's in front. That's the way they had in mind. All right. He's higher in front of him. So the Lord Jesus Christ is God, as he said in John 10, 30, John 10, 30, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones to, again to stone him. Did you notice that again? Then the Jews took up stone again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou being a man makest thyself God. Oh, it was the opposite. Because thou being God made thyself a man. That's what happened. The shamash, therefore, is more prominent. He's normally elevated. He's in front of all the other candles here as he's described in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1.21, Ephesians 1.21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet. He's elevated because he said of himself, in Matthew 28, 18, Matthew 20, 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. This prominence should be elevated, but it doesn't matter. This elevation of the shamash here, it makes us see that the shamash is the most important candle in the menorah. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ is the most important, as it says in Colossians 1:16, Colossians 1:16, for by him were all things created, they were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He's before all things and by him all things consist. And he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. Then in all things, he might have the preeminence for it pleased the father that in him should all the fullness dwell. So this preeminence of the shamash is what is spoken of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that also is a picture of him. The Lord Jesus Christ is described in Hebrews 1.5, Hebrews 1.5, when the question is asked in a very Jewish way, for unto which of the angels said at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. 
That statement, let all the angels of God worship him, makes us look at all the other candles in the menorah, and we could almost see them like bending, bending toward the shamash as if to say, give me light, give me light, like a plant would bend toward the sun for the, to get the light, to absorb the light. We can almost see these candles asking the shamash to please give them light, give them light, because they don't have light in themselves. And so the shamash has lighted himself. The other candles don't have light in themselves. Only the shamash has the light. Since the Lord Jesus Christ is God, he has light in himself because it says in 1 John 1.5, 1 John 1.5, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. The shamash is light, and in it is no darkness at all. He said of himself, as we've been singing in John 8, 12, John 8, 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then John 1, 4, John 1, 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, because the shamash is the only source of light for the other candles, the other candles can only receive the light from the shamash, just as the, the, the shamash brings light to them, is what the Lord Jesus Christ says about him in John 1, 9. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That's him. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He lighteth. That's the word for the shamash. The shamash lighteth. And just think of the menorah, and as it says in John 1, 9, the true light that lights every man. The, the shamash is the true light. There's no other way for the other candles. I keep emphasizing this. There's no other way for the other candles to get light, except the shamash says, you know, this shamash could speak, and he could say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No candle comes to the Father but by me. <laughs> it's this exclusive part that's so emphasized here. You know, John 10, 9, John 10, 9, the shamash can say, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. You know, the other candles could sing, one door and only one, and yet its sides are two, inside and outside, on which side are you? One door and only one, and yet its sides are two, I'm on the inside, on which side are you? Okay, so maybe those candles could sing that, I don't know. But only the psalmist gives the light, only through the Lord Jesus Christ that a person can be saved from their sins, can be saved from the punishment of hell, as it says in Acts 4.12, Acts 4.12, neither is a salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Okay, so it's the only source of light. Now, there's no second shamash. There's no second shamash. There's only one. Just like it says in Isaiah 43.1, Isaiah 43.1, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. There is no Savior. Deuteronomy 6.4, the great Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Adonai Echad, there's only one God. The shamash could call out to the other candles and say, hear, O candles, the shamash is one. There's just one. And he says in Isaiah 45.22, Isaiah 45.22, look unto me and be ye saved, all ye ends of the earth. I am the Lord, there's none else, there's none else. We can hear the shamans saying, look unto me, you other candles, and be lighted, you know, all the end candles dwell of the menorah, for I'm the shamash, there's none else. Now, so, you know, let's say that this candle says, I don't like the shamash, I don't want to be lit by the shamash, I don't want the shamash to come near me, I don't want that. You know, let's say that candle says that, I don't want that at all. Then the shamash would say, the shamash would say the words of John 5.40, the shamash would say, you will not, you, you will not come to me that you have life. 
You, might, you will not come to me, John 5, 40, and you won't come to me that you might have life. And then if another candle says, well, you know, another candle says, well, look, you know, I despise and I reject the shamash. I was told by my parents and by my rabbi that the shamash cannot be the true shamash, and I'm waiting for the true shamash to come. Then that candle's not going to have any light, that's all. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.